0: Hey, ICC, it's so good to see you. This is my first time in having uh, my go at uh, online, so everyone have a breather and get ready. Um, when I was trying to prepare, I was thinking about all those people that it usually saying, Pastor Marelle, can you not speak a bit quieter? So this is my one chance that I possibly, if I can't do it quite at this level, I've got no hope left in my life. So, And I've got Narelle here because I needed my little crutch uh, to do it. Um, I was way too nervous to do this on my own. And I got Oe, the little legend out there doing it. So um, do you know, we've all just been tipped over the edge through this crisis that the world has found itself in. And just not knowing how this is going to sort itself out is just really intense to work out. But, you know, learning how to do this season and hearing the voice of God has been the greatest opportunity to know that there's nothing that we have to worry about because ultimately everything that was in our control is now out of our control. We've not, I've just, for the first time in in a long time, I'm waking up in the morning and just not knowing how the day's going to end, not knowing what news is going to come out, not knowing what change is going to come out. Um, For so many of us, some people went to bed one night with a full job, with with life full intact, happy and emotions, and then Within 48 hours, everything come unraveling down. So I just know we're in a season that there is so many questions and um, so many changes. So this, for me, is unnatural. Uh, I need my church. I need to see them. And the ladies that were supposed to send in their amens through, the, through their phones and stuff, I'm going to pretend that I can hear it since you didn't send them to me. Um, but you know what? The, the importance is that when we come out of this, the world is going to be a different place. Uh, the church is going to be a different place because we're going to have, we've been pushing in a season that is unnatural for us. It's pushed us out of our comfort zone. It's pushed us out of our natural norm of things. And so at the end of this, life is not going to be the way it used to be anyway. So if I like it or not, I'm going to have to learn new things and be challenged in new areas and be uncomfortable a little bit more. So learning how to. Preach to an empty church doesn't mean I'm preaching to an empty heart. And I know that our borders have just thrown open wide. I know people are tuning in from all over the world. We've got people praying um, and that are just tuning in with us. So we know what was spoken over our house that we would be an international house. That has become instant or quadrupled in a matter of a week. And you know what? We can give credit to the coronavirus or I can give credit to my God because when he starts to move in the suddenlies, suddenly things have shifted. And so this morning, I don't know where you are. I just want you to try to minimize all the distractions that are around you right now, um, if you can. And um, even enjoying a bit of the online stuff that I've had to do, just being able to enjoy it with a hot cup of coffee in my hands and stuff. So you know what? The one thing is that God hasn't changed. He was there before this thing all unleashed itself and he's still here and he's going to be at the end of all of this. So I'm going to pray for my own sake to just bring my nerves down and, and bring it all down. And then I'm going to just bring in a quick word. So Holy Spirit, I thank you. I thank you that you've pushed us off the cliff. And as I've shared many times, God, I felt like we were drowning in some points of all the changes and then we learned to doggy paddle. But then, Holy Spirit, I learned that you were always in the boat. And though I took on the disciples' actions and was like, God, how can you let us drown? How can you not be? How can you be asleep when all this chaos is going on? You woke up and you said to your boys, your faith, just got to bring your faith back into this. So Holy Spirit, I thank you that our faith is just growing by the minute. It's it's put on a fast forward button, but the presence of God is real in this place, in our homes, wherever we are listening to this, Lord God, if we're in a car, wherever we are, the Holy Spirit is about to unleash itself and release itself in its full entirety. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone shout. Amen. Thanks, Owen Norell. <laughs> so, you know why I've been praying for a long time because I knew my turn was going to come up and I really struggled to know how to do this and I didn't know how to preach. And in just knowing, because I draw so much from the people of our church and the prophetic words that are coming to our church, ICC, oh my goodness. Um, in somehow I'm going to start showing you the words that are coming in from overseas. I've had pastors from overseas that are just speaking in to our church and the stuff that is coming in and spoken to, and not just by one, like it's by three or four coming in, like every morning I'm getting a download from the Holy Spirit first and then someone will confirm it with before the day is out just about the extravagant growth we're going to get, that we're going to get even greater in preaching the gospel and be able to push out what we're going to do. But the Holy Spirit really began to press on my heart about how to do it. And I've had been going through about what to speak. And I spoke a couple of years ago and actually brought it. So maybe some people have heard this title, but I felt that this is the title I needed to speak my first sermon online. And it was that, that anything that is under God's control is never out of control. And we say that again to you, anything that is under God's control is never out of control. And I know that right now we're living in a chaotic world that feels like everything is out of control. But the reality is for the church as a a generation, as a kingdom people, God is in control. Therefore, it is not out of control because God is 100 fully percent in control. And I want you to realize that I don't know what has happened in the last few weeks that we've not been able to meet with you face to face. Sometimes when you come into the church, into the building of the church, we come in and we can see the load that people are carrying. We can see that we just need to be, we just need a hug. But right now the enemy's thriving because he knows that you can't get a hug from the people that you'd normally get a hug from. He knows that you can't reach out to the people that would normally be there. And and how unnatural is this Zoom thing that I've had to tap into? Yushka? But you know what? It didn't change the stability of God. Anything that is under God's control, anything that we give and we say, God, this is in your hands. If we say that this is in your hands, God, then it's in his hands. And when we say that it's in his hands, it's only a time matter that we will see that God is still in control. So this morning, I really want to speak to you from a scripture that really spoke to me. And it's about two boys they really went through a similar season that we're going through. I don't maybe even worse than what we were going through, but there was a lot of similarities I could draw out of their their story that we, we were hearing from. And so I want to just speak to you this morning from Acts chapter 16 verse 16. It's about a story about Silas and Paul and they went to prison. Let me just read to you Acts chapter 16 verse 16. I hope you've got your Bible with you. And the ICC kids are online, they're doing their stuff and while our church is still connected. Acts chapter 16, verse 16 says this. And once when they were going to the place of prayer, so they were going to church, they were going to prayer meeting. Maybe so it wasn't, for us it would have been on a Wednesday night. They were heading out down Queen Street, down into church. They were going to prayer where they were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. So she was a fortune teller. She was uh, part of the New Age movement. And listen to what the Bible says. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. See, the world is hungry to know what is about to happen. But you know what, church? We know what's about to happen. God is about to release because every time this kind of thing happens, where the enemy tries to squash the church doors, there's a massive revival happening. So we do not need to fear that. But the world is craving to know what is next. What is next for us? What does this world look like when we come out of this? And in verse 17, it says, She followed Paul. And the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She's actually preaching the gospel. I love it. And she kept up this for days and days. Listen to verse 18. This is where I, resign. I really resonate with Paul. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and he said to the spirit. He didn't say it to her. He said to the spirit behind her, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit left her. Listen, you still have a voice in this season. You speak it out. You tell fear you are gone in Jesus' name. From the very first chapter, when the enemy first unleashed his ugly head onto this planet, and the curse was given to mankind, the Bible tells me that he, he will bruise my heel, but I will crush his head. So there may be a curse on this land. Whatever your theory you're going with through this, I'm telling you though, you still have the authority to speak to the spirit behind it. And every Wednesday as a church, as a collective house of God, of ICC, we are coming into an agreement and we are joining with an Esther anointing. And we are speaking over this. As we're speaking like this woman did. In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit left. And then this is what happened. As the owners realized that their hope of making money was gone. They seized Paul and Silas and they dragged them into a marketplace to face the authorities. Verse 20, they brought them out before the magistrates and they said, these men are Jews and they're throwing into our city an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for Romans to accept or practice. I can't even go into that, but even just that scripture alone has so much. But verse 22, the crowd joined with the attack. This is it. The crowd is just joining in with the media hysteria. Why have we got into a panic mode and the world is just grasped on it? We've gone into a hysteria. And the crowd joined in attack against Paulus and Silas. And the magistrate ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. And after they were severely flogged, they were thrown into prison. And the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. And when he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their seats, their feet with stocks. And about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and another prisoners and all the other prisoners were listening. Let me tell you, church, the world is listening to the voice of the church. So I wonder when they come to you, do they remember you? Oh, there's a Christian that it doesn't matter what we were going through. They were always joyful. They were always rejoicing. They just had this thing about them. See, the problem is that the Bible tells me in Psalm 118, it says that this is the day that the Lord has made. Even in the midst of this chaos, this is the day that the Lord has made. And then he said, we will rejoice and we will be glad in it. We have so many questions right now, but the Bible tells me this is still God's day and I can rejoice in it. See, because the world didn't give me joy, therefore the world can't take my joy away because my joy is not in him. My joy is in the hope that I have in my Christ. And we just celebrated Easter. And you know what? The building was empty. But you know what? I began to realize that even though the building was empty, you can go to the tomb where my Christ was laying and it's empty too. So it doesn't matter about a vacant spot because now he is residing in us. And so right now in the midst of this chaos, Jesus said to us, God has called his church. Would you rejoice? Because the joy that you've got doesn't come from this world. So the joy can't be taken away from you. In the name of Jesus. So verse 25, and that midnight, the prisoners were all listening to them. In 26, it says, suddenly there was a violent earthquake, and the foundations of the prisons were shaken. And at once the prison doors flew open, and everybody's chains became loose. I wanted to share this story because. I felt there was some parts of what we're living out was a little bit like them. That they just went to prayer meeting. They were just going doing by their business. They were just living their life. They were just doing what they've done every week. Getting up and going to the house of God and worshiping God and trusting God and and going with their day-to-day issues. And then instantly, out of nowhere, this lady was going on and on and on and on. And in one point, she's actually preaching. She's saying, these guys know the way. But all of a sudden, Paul just was like, I'm done. I'm done with this. And I wonder how many of us are ready to rise up right in the middle of this wilderness and go, actually, I'm done with this. I'm done with the fear. I'm done with the panic. I'm done with the anxiety. I'm done with it. I know who my God is. I know who he is. For one minute, these boys are just living their life, doing their jobs, going in, raising their families, working their life. And out of nowhere, out of nowhere, by the end of the day, they're in prison. Not only in prison, they're shackled by their feet. They're tied up by their hands. What has happened? They were innocent. They did absolutely nothing wrong. And want to speak to someone out there this morning. You think you deserve this because you weren't a good Christian or you, maybe you should have done better or you should have prayed more than maybe you should, if you'd done something else, you wouldn't have lost your job. I'm telling you, that's a lie from the enemy. You've done nothing wrong. The enemy's there to tell you that it's you, but it's not you. If you love God and you trust God, I don't know what you did. Maybe you did do something wrong. But right now, you've got a moment to say, you know what? I don't care. Right now, I'm going to tell that God is in control. I'm going to rejoice in this day. And I'm going to be glad because I've got a revelation that my God is in control. So nothing is out of control. My finances aren't out of control because God is in control. They did absolutely nothing wrong. She went to them. She pursued them, living a normal life, hassling nobody, on their way to prayer meeting, and the next minute they know they're on death row for doing absolutely wrong. So today I want to address some truths. The first thing is that some things are just sometimes out of our control. They did nothing wrong. Everything that was happening was out of their control. They couldn't change anything because they did nothing wrong. And right now we're in the same boat. Some of us, we've done nothing wrong, nothing's changed. And yet we find ourselves in some wilderness and storm that was beyond our control. We couldn't help what was happening. We didn't know how to stop it. Some of it was feeling like, Massive storms and waves were coming our way. We had no idea what was coming. And I want to just tell you this morning, there's some times in our life that it's just out of our control. It's just out of our control. You know, in church, I don't know if you've ever been in church or for those who have, we just lift up our hands and we surrender. We can't, don't know what to do. It's out of my control, God. I can't control anymore. For some of you, maybe I can't control where my next pay is going to come from. I can't control if I'm going to have a house or a job after this. I can't control that right now. I can't. And sometimes this, exactly what we're living in, it's out of our control. There's things that we can. We can try to do exactly what we've done. We've obeyed what the law has told us to do. We've done everything possible. We've tried to stay indoors. We've tried to minimize everything. We've done all the self discipline We're doing everything we're told to do because we want to honor the people of this land. We want to do that. But the reality is, some of you are waking up day after day, there's still no job to go to. There's still that fear and worry about what tomorrow may hold. And it's not because if you've done anything, just it was out of your control. And it was out of our control. So we've done what we can, but we're in a world right now that we're facing that some things are out of our control. And you know, there was a word that's been thrown around in this season here on this earth. That the boys were in prison. The Bible says that they were stripped and beaten in the streets, and then they were thrown in prison, and then shackled. You know, and I've heard a lot of media people speaking about they feel imprisoned in their own home, and they feel like it's they feel like they're being thrown in prison. And you know, when I began to read up what prison actually feels like, and some of you may know, but in prison you're removed from society. That's what we've been done. That's happened to us. We've been removed from our freedom of walking the streets freely, breathing in the fresh air as much as we wanted. It removes us from the ability to make our own choices. So there's this element of what those boys went through. We've, we've touched on them because there's been so much of our freedom that's been taken away. What we could do naturally even just a week ago, we can't do anymore. So there is an element of where you feel that you feel isolated and restricted and stripped away of your just natural wants and desires and normal living and the enemy wants you to think that you've completely lost control and that this situation is helpless but let me tell you just as those boys did we can learn a lesson even though they were in a prison for no reason of their own that environment did not control them and this virus It's like a silent killer. We can't see it. We can't hear it. We only hear it once. It's actually manifested itself. But it doesn't control me. I'll do everything I know to do, everything I've been told to put into place. But the environment I'm in does not control what is happening inside of me, where the peace of the Lord still resides. They found themselves in a situation for no reason of their own, but it did not define who they were. We're all in this together, church. None of us have done anything. And we're all in this together. But this does not define us. This will change us. This has given us a time to prepare for greatness. You know what? While the enemy wants us to be down and misfortune and feeling the weight of this world, let me tell you. Let me tell you something, enemy. We're going out bigger and stronger. We're getting ready for things that we weren't going to be ready for for a long time. But we're now being pushed to the point where we're ready for it. ICC, get ready. You are going to walk into a very different church when you come into this house. You're going to walk into a place that is very different, not just externally, but you're going to walk into a place, and anointing that's very much, very different, very much greater, stronger than where it ever was. So where the enemy wants you to focus on fear and, and panic and anxiety, uh uh-uh, it doesn't control me. It doesn't define me. The Word of God defines me. Remember this, church. Your strongest belief is creating your reality. And right now, a lot of us are learning who we are. You know, I've said a lot to people that I've been able to connect with, I'm learning more about myself than I ever have. I'm learning about my own weaknesses. I'm learning about my own insecurities. Because I've had, never really had much time to focus on me as much as I've had lately. So I'm actually seeing, you know what? Things that I thought I'd had a control over, I actually don't have a control over I thought. So God has given me this grace period. It was like, actually, Mel, I want you to get that under wraps right now. Because I began to pick up the panic and the fear. The truth is, I didn't get this hysteria about toilet paper. And then all of a sudden, I started to run out. I'm like, did I miss something? I just, you know, the enemy was trying to push in some panic buttons. Because he didn't get me with the first panic attacks that were happening. But then as I began to see changes in my own workplace, and I'm telling you the first Sunday that we had to close the church doors, oh, my spirit was crushed. I was so broken. I was in tears. I was just, God, why? How is this happening in our generation? In the 21st century, how is this happening? And there was God saying, no, you've got to deal with you because the church is not shut. The building is empty, but the church is not shut. So I had to learn how to reframe and rephrase my words. So I began to realize that my strongest belief, if I didn't start to speak out my actual belief, it would turn around and that would be my reality. So if... Your belief is in your fear. I'm telling you it's going to become your reality. Because everything that happens to you, we have a choice. Maybe your reality is right now that you don't have a job to get up to and go to tomorrow morning. But the truth and my belief is that God is still on the throne and that he's still in control. So even though I don't know where my next paycheck may be getting or you don't know where your paycheck is, he does know. And see, he's right now providing favor over you. There's so many scriptures about favor, and that doesn't come from a bank account. That comes from the hand of God and the provision of God. So it doesn't mean that I don't have a job to go. It doesn't mean that I have to go into panic mode because my belief isn't in my current situation. So my strongest belief can't be in the reality of what I'm seeing right now. My belief is in the knowing that God is still on the throne. Maybe your reality is, I actually don't know how to pay the bills next week, Pastor Morella. But I want you to say that and then finish the sentence. But God is still on the throne. Maybe there's some people, and I've even been in prayer, there's a lot of people that before this chaos started to hit the world, let me tell you this, for some people that are in those hospitals, they're still fighting the cancer that they had before this and they'll possibly have after this. Or there's brokenness and there's domestic violence and there's reality that when, we, when we, people cry and close the schools, my heart was breaking because I know that those schools being opened is a safe place for some of the kids that I look after. So I don't need to know how this is all going to work. I, I just need to know that God is in control. My reality may be that I'm feeling really down, but God is still on the throne. That is the reality I choose. My belief says that. What is your belief right now? Well, your reality has to collide with the truth that you know. Because whatever the truth is for you, it is actually coming into agreement with you. So your fear and your panic will come into an agreement with you if you keep believing that. But I want you to speak. See, because what these boys did is their environment was right there in the middle of prison for something they didn't do. They didn't do it. And the Bible actually tells me this. The Bible says that at midnight, it was specific. It didn't say just late in the afternoon or late at night. It said at midnight. Specifically talks about midnight. Do you know there is no darker moment on this earth than midnight. When the clock ticks midnight, Right there in that minute, when it finishes that midnight minute, it then turns and there is about to be a daybreak and it spends the next hours preparing for the light to come through. But the Bible specifically speaks about midnight. No matter how thick or heavy that midnight darkness is right now, at some point the sun is commanded to come back up and break the darkness that is happening right now. So where you feel that you've hit your darkest moment, your midnight hour, I'm telling you, just as every 24 hours we get to redo it because at midnight it stops right there and that day is done and I get an opportunity to redo another 24 hours and the sun is coming out and the light is going to break through the darkness and it doesn't matter how much rain pours out, the sky is still going to show, the sun is still going to come out. And my Bible tells me that weeping may last for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. Because he said to me, let the weak say that I am strong. So I don't know how weak you've been feeling in this whole session. I don't know how dark it's been feeling, but I'm here to tell you that you can be weeping as much as you want. But if your truth, if you are anchored in the truth of your God, there is joy coming. There is joy coming in the morning. And that midnight hour is about to break. So I don't know where you're going. I don't know where you're feeling. So the first part, it was out of their control. The very next thing that the boys did is what was out of their control. They said, but we are still alive. So we will bring this into our control. So what they chose to do next is what I want us to do as a church. They chose that even though they were shackled by their feet, tied by their hands, the Bible tells me, That at the midnight hour, when they could have been questioning God, why God, why God, we didn't do anything, we didn't say anything. They chose to do something. And the Bible says that they began to worship and they began to sing. Bleeding, imprisoned, and tied at the darkest hour of their day, they chose to worship. They chose to worship. You know what? Let me remind you this, church. The worship has nothing to do with about how you feel or the circumstance that we're living. Worship reminds you who he is. And when we sing those songs, it reminds us of how great God is. It reminds us to turn our eyes upon Jesus and look at the things of the earth. But remember that they're going to be dim because we look to God. And they began to worship. I don't know what worship songs they sang back then. But what they worshipped is it began to keep singing. And everyone around them began to hear their worship. They began to sing out of their spirit of their knowing that God was never leave them, nor forsake them, even though they had questions. He would never leave them, nor forsake them. So I want you to do this, especially on the days that we're fasting together around this globe. I want you to begin to worship. I want you to sing loud. Because it's not about what is going on. It's about the God that you serve. And God is saying, could you still worship me? Or does that fear mute you? Or does that panic actually mute you? Are you worried about it so much that it's actually silenced you? Because what happened to those boys, they began to sing. They began to worship. They began to shout God's praises. And everybody began to listen. And everybody began to listen. Church, ICC, the world is watching us. We should come out of this bruised and battered. We should come out of this in despair. We should come out of this with fear and panic, but we are not. And we're going to testify of God's goodness. So before I leave your ICC, I want you to remember this. There are some things that are going to be out of our control and there's just got to leave it at the throne room of God. Leave it at His feet. The second thing is you take control of what you can and don't let this enemy mute you. Don't let this virus take over you. Don't let the fear and the panic set in. And we speak to that and we tell you, you can bruise me right now, but I will crush you in the end of this because I will testify of how good my God is. I'm going to show you a healed body. I'm going to show you victories. I'm going to show you. See, right now I've got testimonies coming in that when most of the majority of people are actually being laid off at work, I've had nothing but about five or six texts just in this last 24 to 48 of people having increase of work. There's actually, there's more work coming in. They're busier than ever. There's been people that have been promoted. There's people that have been laid off. And then the boss has called them and says, but actually, I need you to come back in. See, so because they've got you in their business, their business is blessed. So they're calling you back in. See, so when everything is going down, what is in your control is you and speak to the enemy. and you say, you don't get to control me. I'm going to have a job. Maybe not today, maybe not, today, but I'm coming out because you don't control my finances and you worship Because Shekinah glory is coming wherever I go. And it's going to take the shackles off everything. And it's going to take over. And I've run out of time. No, me. Funny that, huh? Pastor Marla being in full mode. But the third thing is that when the boys chose to worship, the Bible says that suddenly God showed up. And I'm telling you, there's a suddenly happening in our world. And what we started on our 30-day fast has not changed has not diminished, There's still a suddenly coming and we've got an expectation for the supernatural to come. Right now in this house, we're going to see incredible things. So let me pray with you, wherever you are right now. I want you to bow your head and I want you to begin to speak to your circumstance. I don't know what you're feeling, but I want you to know we're all in it together. As Holy Spirit, I invite you right now to take over And God, whatever is out of our control, we just say, Father, we laid at your feet. We just laid at your feet. We don't know how to change it. We're just going to ride this wave out, but we just know that you're in the boat with us. And we're just going to have faith upon faith to keep coming up and be stronger. Lord God, I pray that we will not be muted. I declare the house of God to be louder than it's ever been in history, Lord God, that our voice would be just so strong, not for God that we know it all, but because we have got a God that has told us with confidence that He is in control. So I speak that out into the atmosphere this morning, that everything that feels like it's out of control, I call you back into the control of the hands of God, because the whole world is in His hands. And he's 100% in control of what is going on. So I speak to the environment that we are in, and I tell you, you are muted in the name of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus, you are muted. And the children of God are going to rise up, and we are going to shout your praise, and we are going to rejoice in and out of this season because everything that is happening right now, God will get the glory of his good and faithfulness. I don't know where you are with God right now, but I want you to invite you into a place where you will know him as your personal Lord and Savior. If you have not invited, because Jesus does not push himself into anybody's life. Jesus will not push himself. He will not go where he's not invited. Like right now, if you're not invited, you don't go. And that's the same that our, our Jesus, our Savior, that we just celebrated a few weeks ago. He's not arrogant. He's not going to push himself. So maybe you know that through this, you need to give your life back to God or come to God so right now I want to make sure that you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior so I'm gonna ask you to pray with me right now if this is the first time you're gonna pray that I want you to reach out to us listen back and get our church mobile number and tell us that you did this prayer for the first time but maybe you've not you've done this prayer before but it's time you're getting a reality check you need to come back to God because you just realize the world is out of control, but God is still in control of all this chaos. Jesus, we invite you into our life right now. We ask you to forgive us of our sins, of our past, but the beautiful thing, Lord God, is that my past is gone. and You are not reminded by my past, but you are in my today and you're in my future. So I give you my life. I ask you to come into my life and I ask you to take over and I ask you to take control because I've just seen the world lose control but I know that you are sovereign and you are ruler and you are the creator of me and the creator of this world. So I ask you to come back and lead my life, that I can rise above any environment that I'm ever placed in. raise me up and raise my family, raise my environment to the place where it knows God. Lord, I just speak to the voices that are trying to come in louder than the voice of God and we mute them in the name of Jesus. And we thank you. And everyone say, Amen. Amen. Love you, ICC. See you soon.